Hi, I'm Dave Ferguson, pastor of the Collegedale Church here on the campus of Southern Adventist University. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to explore today some of the relevant words of Jesus Christ in Scripture to my life, to your life. So enjoy the message. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Always a blessing to be stateside and to have the chance to worship with fellow believers on God's holy Sabbath day. Thank you, Pastor Moon, for the introduction, and thank you all for giving me the chance to share with you this morning. We've been in Thailand now. This is our ninth year, and we've been blessed to be a part of the Collegedale Church uh, during that time as we have supporters that have been uh, blessing our ministry over the years, and we thank you for those of you who have been giving faithfully to our project. If you'd like to learn more about our project, you can uh, scan that QR code or send an email to us at cindyandkyle at gmail.com, and we can give you information about our newsletters and so forth. Um, So I want to start by sharing with you a story. Uh, In the village that we live in, there's a lady that we call Kun Yai, which means grandma in Thai. She was the first person that we met when we moved to this village about seven years ago. And over the years, we've become friends. I've always sensed in her a openness to spiritual things and even to Christianity, but at the same time, a very strong commitment to Buddhism. So I've never really uh, tried too hard to, um, <laughs> to share. Well, earlier this year, uh, it was an evening, and my family and I were preparing to do our evening worship when all of a sudden we noticed that Kunyai was walking up to our front door. So we opened the door, invited her in, and she came in and began talking with us. And she told us that she was going through a particular challenge at that time and had been talking with her son, who happens to be a Christian. And this son told her, he said, Mom, you should go and visit the missionary in your village and ask him to pray for you. And that's what she did. So we prayed with her, we had a good conversation, and uh, that following Sabbath, Kun Yai and her son came to church. And she's been coming to church uh, pretty much every week since that time. She is now studying her Bible in the morning, and she uh, believes in God and considers herself to be a Christian. Amen? Having worked as a cross-cultural missionary in the country of Thailand now for almost nine years, I'm always uh, intrigued by the book of Acts. And as I read the book of Acts, I'm struck with a very profound truth, and that is God has a way of connecting those who are seeking for him to those that know him. Ellen White says in Acts of the Apostles, in his wisdom, the Lord brings those who are seeking for truth into touch with fellow beings who know the truth. If you read the book of Acts, you will see this played out time and time again. For example, Acts chapter 8, we read about Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts chapter 9, the next chapter, we we read about Ananias, and he was sent to Saul after his uh, Damascus Road experience. And then in chapter 10, we learn about Peter and Cornelius. This morning, I want to study this concept with you and see what we can learn uh, to apply to our own spiritual lives. And at the same time, I'd like to share 
some experiences with you of how I have seen this principle played out during my time in Thailand. And I would like to pause for a moment to say a brief word of prayer before we continue. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this Sabbath day and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here, to worship you, and to learn about your truth. Father, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. We are in need of enlightenment from your Holy Spirit to understand your word. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me only words that would edify and build up and lead us all closer to you. I pray that you would fill this sanctuary with your holy angels, drive back the enemy, and, Father, hide me behind your cross. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to start by looking at the story of Peter and Cornelius. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 10, and we will start off by reading the first two verses, which Jordan and Levi read for us just a moment ago. Uh, Acts chapter 10 and verses 1 and 2. The Bible reads, Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. So what do we learn about Cornelius from these verses? We see that he was a centurion. He was a man of authority. He was a man of status, importance, and position. But not only was he important, but he was also a devout man. He was pious. He feared God with all of his household. So he was a family man. He wanted to see his family worshiping the true God as well. Cornelius, simply put, was a Gentile who worshipped God but was probably not a full-fledged Jewish proselyte. He did not know Jesus Christ. Cornelius gave many alms to the Jewish people. His religion wasn't just an individual uh, experience, but he also gave uh, generously to others and he prayed to God continually, the Bible says. He was a man that was seeking God. As we continue reading in verse 3, it says, About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying with the tanner named Simon, whose house is by the sea. So we know the story. Uh, Cornelius, while he is uh, praying at the ninth hour, which was the Jewish hour of evening prayer, he sees an angel. And he's told that his prayers had come up to God. Wouldn't you love to have those words spoken to you? And the angel says, Cornelius, send some of your men, your, your best men, to the city of Joppa and call for Peter. So Cornelius, being obedient to the vision, gets his men. They go to Joppa. Peter had been there for probably just a couple of days. He had just healed or he had just raised Dorcas to life. And he was staying with a, with a man named Simon. And uh, 
the Bible tells us as we continue reading that the next day, Peter was on the, the roof of the house he was staying at. He was praying around noon. And while he was praying, he fell into this deep trance and he saw a vision. And you've read the story before, how he sees a great sheet coming down from the sky with all kinds of animals and four-footed creeping things. And Peter, in this vision, he hears a voice that says to him, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And of course, Peter was caught off guard because he had never eaten anything unclean. And he says, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. But he hears that voice probably two more times. And uh, when the vision ends, Peter, I'm sure, was very perplexed. Was God telling him to eat unclean animals? Surely not. But then he sees the band that Cornelius had sent and they, they come into Peter's house, they spend the night, and the next day, Peter and some of his men go with Cornelius's men back to Caesarea to meet Cornelius. When they meet Cornelius, Cornelius is so overjoyed that he falls down to worship Peter. Peter says, don't do it, I'm just a man like you. Uh, and Cornelius explains why he sent for Peter, and as Peter is listening to, to Cornelius, suddenly it clicks in his mind what the vision means. And Peter then goes on to, to preach Jesus Christ, to preach the wonderful, miracle-working life of Jesus. He preached the crucifixion of Jesus and, of course, the resurrection of Jesus. And while Cornelius and his house are listening intently to the words of Peter, the Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius and his household. And those that were with Peter were amazed. Wow, the Gentiles were also receiving the Holy Spirit. This event marked an important turning point in the history of the early church. It showed that God was no respecter of persons, right? Whether you were Jewish or Gentile, if you were devoted to following God, God would accept you. There was no distinction. Cornelius was the first Gentile of, of importance or significance to be converted to the church, and uh, his conversion paved the way for other Gentiles to be accepted by the church leaders. Powerful story. So what can we learn from this experience? First of all, like I said in the beginning, God connects those that are seeking him to those that know him. We also see that uh, both in Cornelius' instance and also Peter's instance, uh, they received the heavenly vision while they were in prayer. Friends, does God work when his people pray? Very much, very much so. It reminds me of the verse in James chapter 5, verse 16, that says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish what? Can accomplish much, more than we can even comprehend. In fact, the entire book of Acts is couched in the context of God pouring out his Holy Spirit upon his praying church. The miracles don't happen if God's people are not praying and seeking for the Holy Spirit. So friends, we need to be praying, amen? We also learn that God works in, in sometimes unconventional ways. The way that he got Peter's attention completely caught Peter off guard. And sometimes that's how God works in our lives. 
it's safe to, to kind of put God into a box, right? And we think if God doesn't work this way or that way, then it's not him. But friends, we can't think like that. We need to be daily allowing the Holy Spirit to give us spiritual understanding and insight and open to how God may be working. We also see, if you read in the book Acts of the Apostles, Ellen White tells us that from the household of Cornelius, an extensive work was done in the city of Caesarea, which was a pagan city. It only takes one person. From one household, the city was reached. In the mission world, we would call Cornelius a person of peace. What is a person of peace? A person of peace is someone that is either A, favorable to the gospel message, or B, favorable to God's messengers. A person of peace is someone that uh, can help a missionary reach a particular area, and Cornelius was definitely a person of peace. Around the fall of 2014, AFM shared that concept with us and told us that we should be praying for these persons of peace, people that God is preparing to receive the gospel. And our team in Thailand has always taken prayer very seriously. Someone once said, the history of missions is the history of answered prayer. Amen? If we're not praying, we're not going to see God work the way that he wants to work. So we began praying, God, lead us to these persons of peace, these people that you are preparing. Well, shortly after that time, one of our Thai church members, you can see her in this picture, she's to my right. She made a donation to our, to our local team of about, of about uh, $150. And she said, use this money to advertise the music school on the radio. We had never done that before, but we, we did. We advertised our school, and one morning, there was a man named June. He happened to be listening this particular morning, and he heard the ad for our school. He was interested, so he, uh, he went to check out our school. He drove there in person. He enrolled his two daughters in lessons, and eventually, he and his wife also enrolled in music lessons. So they began studying at our school. Uh, June... Uh, became very interested in what we were doing in Konkan. He began asking questions about our religion and our church. Uh, he began coming to church after a few months. And then, in the fall of 2017, June was baptized. Amen? And since that time, he has become the most active member in our church. Almost right away, he got involved with our health ministry. At the time, we had a student missionary who was leading out in our health ministry, and, and June got involved with that. Uh, our SM actually asked him if he would, he would man the exercise station of a health expo that we were going to uh, host in the city. Um, and when he got that invitation to host the booth, he said, you know what, I think I need to lose a little bit of weight. You can see him here in this picture. And so he began to exercise, he began to change his diet, and within a few months, he lost almost 40 pounds. Um, he was so excited about what he was learning and experiencing that he uh, went on several in-home visits to, to do health consultations with our SM. You can see him with some of those people in that picture. And uh, he continued to assist in health ministry. He helped to organize healthy cooking schools. And he even uh, helped to translate the program Diabetes Undone 
by Dr. Wes Youngberg, and now he is going around and sharing this material with people who are struggling with diabetes, um, which is a huge problem in Thailand. He's also working right now on translating Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey into Thai because debt is also a major problem in Thailand. Uh, two, two summers ago, he was ordained as an elder in our church, and uh, he's currently our head elder. He enjoys preaching and teaching and, and basically doing whatever ministry our church wants to do. He's uh, been really an earnest, active worker. Um, he's a natural organizer. And last year, when COVID uh, got bad in Thailand, this same family that had given money for the radio advertisement donated money uh, to, uh, to P. June so that he could, he could buy food and make food for people that were struggling. The government had a program at the time where they were giving away free food to, to people in need at the rail, rail station every day. And so, so every morning for six weeks, um, June would wake up early, he would make food, and he would bring it to the rail station and give it to these people who were, who were standing in line. Um, when the program ended, after about six weeks, June identified about eight families that still had uh, great need, and he continued to visit these people in their homes. In fact, he got uh, our community services uh, team involved with the ministry. They would go every Sabbath to, to visit these people. And there was one family in particular that, that was really receptive to the help and showed a spiritual interest. You can see them in this, in this uh, picture. The lady, uh, the lady's name is Mai, and that's her youngest son and her oldest son crouching down, and her husband is standing up. You can't really see him there. But uh, they began coming to church and um, really showing an interest in knowing about God. The husband, sadly, had a very severe kidney uh, condition. In fact, he, um, he passed away just this past February. You can see our church at his, at his funeral. But before he passed away, uh, this man, uh, whose name was Mr. Dang, uh, told his wife and, and her children, I want you to continue seeking the Lord. And friends, they have continued taking Bible studies. They've continued to come to church. And I've got some exciting news for you. While most of you were probably sleeping last night, maybe around 1 a.m. Uh, our time, uh, Kun Mai and her son and her son's friends were all baptized in Kon Ken. Amen? Along with three other people, which you can see in this picture. Amen. God is good. You can see them taking their baptismal vows. Uh, and we praise God for how he has been working to put us in contact with these seeking people. First with P. June and then with this family and uh, this family is now sharing their faith with their friends and their neighbors. Uh, as a result of that ministry at the, at the rail station, June also uh, met some young girls in the village and they have begun coming to church every week as well and have gotten involved with different ministries. You can see them here this particular day. They went out selling books uh, in, our, in our neighborhood where our, our school is and they were uh, meeting the neighbors. June also helped to organize an adventurer's club for our young, our young children in our congregation. And there you can see them. There he is uh, leading out in the uh, induction uh, service last year. 
So we praise God for what he has been doing in P. June's life. We can see very clearly that God connected us to a person who was open to his spirit. And as we are praying, as we are asking God to use us, he will do it again and again. Uh, The last story that I want to share with you this morning is about a young man named Andrew, who you can see in the middle of this uh, picture playing his ukulele at a a local uh, children's home. Andrew is the oldest son of our Thai pastor. His family moved to Konken about five years ago when he was just about to start the ninth grade. And his family enrolled both he and his brother in uh, local public schools because there is, uh, we don't have an Adventist school. Um, So Andrew uh, began making friends with his classmates. And after a few months, there were about three of his classmates that would come to the school. And they got involved with different activities, um, there you can see Andrew standing to my, to my right in that picture. And his friends would come to these activities. Here they are at a, at a youth camp. They got involved with our youth group and became a part of our church family. Here they are uh, in Pathfinders. Actually, uh, the two friends of his, are their names are Fix and Not. They're the two tallest uh, men in this, in this picture. They got active in our church. And then... Um, here you can see them uh, selling books. They sold a health book to a, to a local monk at a temple in Konken. And uh, about two years ago, both Fix and Knot were baptized as well. And since that time, they have continued to be active in ministry. This past December, they helped us to, to coordinate a Christmas program in a village in our, in our city. There they are leading out in a children's uh, activity. Uh, Not, who you can see in the middle, uh, has gotten very active in our Pathfinder group. He's been a co-leader, and uh, there he is at a at Pathfinder event, a cultural evening that we had a year ago. And um, he's also teaching guitar part-time at our music school. So God has been using Not and uh, blessing him as he grows in his faith. Uh, Fix actually began his first year of college at the Adventist University in Thailand, this past, uh, this past year. Both he and Andrew are both studying to become pastors someday. Amen? In fact, uh, his mother, Fix's mother, was baptized this morning as well. Praise the Lord. Along with, with his younger brother, Jane. Um, again, we can see how God connected us to two young men who were open to his spirit, open to... Uh, to God's grace. This girl, her name is Soy Mook. She was also a friend of Andrew that he met uh, at school. When he met her, uh, she was a classmate of his. She was actually contemplating suicide. Uh, so she was, she was open uh, to God. And she began coming to our school, coming to our church, and she was eventually baptized. And now she has a church family that loves her and cares for her and is helping her to grow in her walk with the Lord. So what does the future hold for our project? Here you can see P. June pointing to a sign that says Beehive Ministry. Now we're working in uh, a city called Konken, which has about 120,000 people. It's the, one of the largest cities in the northeastern part of Thailand. And our burden is to do holistic city ministry based off of the counsels that Ellen White has given us in her writings. In fact, this uh, Beehive Ministry came from a vision that Ellen White had in the year 1901, roughly, 
where um, she saw these two big hives, beehives, um, and bees that were busily at work in the hives. And in the vision, she was told that they represented the cities of San Francisco and Oakland and how they were, they were supposed to be worked very earnestly by the church. And our desire is to do a, a holistic city ministry in Konken to reach those people who are open to God's spirit, those people that God is preparing to know him. We have... Uh, begun uh, construction for a new church school and building which will be done by God's grace by the end of this month. We want to thank those that have given to that project and uh, here you can see an updated um, picture of, of the building or one of the sides of it and so we praise God for how he is connecting us to people that are seeking him. So as we close this morning, I just want to once again emphasize that God connects those who are seeking him to those that know him. We've seen that from the Bible and we've seen that from the mission field. So the question that I want to leave you all with this morning is who does God want to connect you with? Is it a coworker, maybe a neighbor? maybe a family member or a friend or someone that you have not yet met yet, but God wants to introduce you to. He wants you to be praying to him, praying to, uh, praying to him so that he can connect you to those who are seeking him. Maybe this morning you're listening to my sermon and you're, and you're feeling discouraged for whatever reason. Maybe you're going through a difficult time or your life is kind of in a mess. Well, if that, if that is you this morning, I want to encourage you with the thought that uh, the same God that is able to connect those that are seeking him to those that know him is able to connect the dots in your life. Amen? He's able to bring order out of chaos. He's able to to give you whatever help you need to overcome the, the challenges and obstacles that you face. In fact, Ellen White says, our lives may seem a tangle, but as we commit our lives to the keeping of the master worker, He will bring out the pattern of life and character that will be to his own glory. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, commit to seeking God. Amen? I want to challenge you to connect yourself to God. Seek him with all of your heart. Open your heart to the Holy Spirit and be willing to be molded and shaped by him. Confess all of your sins to him. Make things right with those you need to make things right with so that you can be the channel of grace that God wants you to be to connect with those people who are seeking him. Is that your desire this morning? If it is, I ask that you would stand with me as we have our closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this day and we want to praise you, dear Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God that connects those that are seeking you to those that know you. Father, we want to be channels of light and blessing to a dying world. Father, even here in Collegedale, Tennessee, there are people that are seeking you. People, Lord, all around us that we are unaware of. Lord, help us to connect with you. Help us to be channels of your grace. I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters who are standing before you this morning. Father, bless them. Be with them. Those who are struggling, Father, comfort them. Make yourself real to them. Make yourself known to them. 
Father, those that want to be used by you, show them how they can be, Father. Show them who you want them to minister to. Help us to be faithful. Help us, Lord, to be earnest in our work for you as we know that time is short. We ask and pray all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.